1: Iron is one of those things that there's so many green leafy vegetables that are so rich in iron that you don't really worry about it. But B12 is really important. Definitely plant-based eating leaves less of a footprint on our earth. This topic is on the forefront of every chef's plate because every chef wants to have something on their menu so that it's inclusive for any eater.
2: Welcome to The Tonic. I'm your host, Jamie Bussin, and we're here to talk about your health and wellness today we'll learn about immune system function and support we'll discuss virtual care and the myths of digital health we'll hear how to execute a meatless monday and lastly we'll explore the antiviral capabilities of allison but first a little bit of business you're a genuine health enthusiast listening to this show today and activation products is your dream come true when it comes to living a very long pain-free energized life Your body's craving heirloom, nano, and micronutrients that you'll use to elevate your whole body's health in ways you had no idea were possible. Activation makes all this possible no matter how old or young you are. The precious time, energy, and money you invest to be healthy is taken very seriously by Activation. It's their responsibility to deliver to you the most efficacious health products available in the world today. People consistently report back the most beautiful health results when they daily consume products from Activation. Treat yourself now and find out what it's like to live in a luxurious body, making every day a joy to be alive. Go to activationproducts.com and subscribe for the most important health information and products or call 1-866-271-7595. Ian Clark is the founder of Activation Products. When Ian faced life-threatening illnesses in 2004, he started a journey of natural healing that finally resulted in speed healing all his health issues, ensuring a very long and healthy life. These discoveries are now being shared with millions of individuals to enjoy their own journey to health freedom. Welcome back to the show, sir. How are you doing in these interesting times?
0: I'm doing fantastic, Jamie. It's a pleasure to be back.
2: So, today we're going to be talking about something that I think is probably foremost in, on everybody's mind, and that is how the immune system functions and what we can do to help support it. So first question is, what do you think is the best practice for someone who's wanting to ensure that they're not going to get sick?
0: Yeah, that's a great question. And it's something that we've actually always focused on. We don't wait around for something like this COVID-19 or or whatever, you know, the H1N1. We're all interested in overall whole body health and making sure that each person is very strong on all levels. So There's obvious ones that people know about. You know, you got to make sure you're getting the proper amount of sleep. You want to get to sleep, you know, as much before midnight as you can. You want to wake up early, but you want to get around seven hours of good, solid sleep. You also want to make sure you're managing your overall stress levels. And you can do that through different modalities, which we're going to be publishing more information on over the next, you know, six months on activationproducts.com. But you know, it's stress levels, making sure you're getting sleep. And then, of course, nutrition is a big part of it. You know, just having the right food at the right time. And it's always good to have a very smaller amount of food after the sun goes down or no food at all. And that allows your body to get into equilibrium because, you know, we're talking about physical stress, not just mental stress. Yep, There's also many different things. The autonomic nervous system, you know, if you're upset or if you're angry or if you're frustrated, or if you're depressed, all of those things add to the problem. And it also, you know, just affects your whole immunity because you want to be immune against, you know, information that's coming at you that's trying to scare you or against emotional upset or feels like, you know, it's just so holistic in its approach.
2: Yeah, I agree. I mean, you know, regular listeners to the show will know that, you know, we frequently talk about mindfulness And other methods to sort of get you in the right mindset so that you can deal with issues as they come up without overloading your emotional stress system, you know, the fight or flight syndrome. And in doing so, it allows you to sort of uh, be healthier and fight off uh, the physical threats.
0: That's right. You know, you mentioned the autonomic nervous system. You know, sympathetic stress is actually extremely good. It's used to get your stuff done during the day, but then you got to flip out of that and go into parasympathetic where you're digesting and you're healing and resting and restoring. And that's that whole equilibrium thing, you know, like with people. And, and then there's other elemental things you can do to support your immune system. And many times people forget about the importance of certain elements. And the one thing we've learned about, which we've seen the most results from, are things like plant sterile extracts, things that are the simplest, cleanest, most profound, and smallest molecular size of things that you can add into your system To keep the stress off of your immune system so you know your immune system is working already yep and but there are things that suppress the immune system you want to remove those things you can't really boost your immune system people say oh you know you got to take this it'll boost your immune system that's not the right terminology
2: what should we be saying
0: you want to make sure you get things out of the way of the things that are blocking your immune system
2: what blocks the immune system
0: Things like heavy metals, like people are breathing rubber dust and brake dust all day long because of the transportation that's all around our country. And there's 10 billion pounds of rubber dust and mixed in there was brake dust. And there are plastics and solvents and rubbers and heavy metals like mercury, cadmium, lead. So all those things get into your system in a nanoparticle because they're all up in the air, right? They're not on the road anywhere, you know? Yeah, we're breathing yeah, it we're in. Breathing, yeah, we're breathing it in. And you've got to know the elements you can add into your system to help your body eliminate them. Because all you're trying to do is get stuff out. of the way, you're really a wonderful being. Your body's amazing to start with. It's just the systems get plugged up, or they get things get they get blocked by energy blocks. Whether it's you know all the exposure to all the radio frequencies that are coming through all the communication systems now, or the electromagnetic pollutions, whatever it might be, there are various things that are going to block and cause the systems to get loaded down too much. So if you get overloaded, then the system bogs down, and of course it can't work well, and if it doesn't work well, then it starts to do a spiraling down. Mm -hmm. You know, the thicker you get, the thicker you get, or the more stress you get, the more stress you get. And this is what you wanna make sure you're not feeding that downward spiral. Okay. You're looking for that place of equilibrium.
2: All right, so let's talk about the sort of natural products that will help remove those blockages.
0: Well, one of the coolest products that I have run into in the recent past is, well, there's two things. One of them is iodine. Mm
3: -hmm.
0: One of them is a plant sterile extract. Uh, One of them that we've had, which which is one of the most powerful products in the whole world for supporting the rest and relaxation is a product called Ease. It's spelled E-A-S-E, and it's actually manufactured in Canada. It's a transdermal magnesium product. So, Your body gets stressed from head to toe, and this one you can put into your body through your skin, head to to toe. Magnesium supplementation you know, is good, but this one is a very deep one. And as soon as you spray it on your body, you start to feel the calmness enter in.
2: So this is topical?
0: It's topical.
2: All right. So tell us a little bit more about Ease. It's topical, and what else?
0: Well, magnesium is one of those elements that people had forgotten about until about 25 years ago. 25 years ago, the medical world and the naturopath world started to realize that magnesium played a far greater role in your body's ability to stay in equilibrium. So there are 330-plus biochemical reactions that happen in your body every millisecond, and magnesium is the core element. It's a, it's a metal. You know, it's a, it's a mineral. Minerals are like a metal. Yep. And magnesium is, is in there working with the calcium, and also helping the sodium-potassium pump in your cells work better. So it's one of those things, when you, when you go lower and people get stressed out, they burn magnesium. If you're using your brain a lot, you burn more magnesium. There's not enough magnesium available in the food you're eating. So when people start putting magnesium into their skin with ease, they see immediate upgrades because they're that deficient. And it takes a while to build up your levels. you got to get your levels up to a certain point where your body is happy. And until your body's happy, you're stressed. So this is the most important way people can immediately drop their stress. That then supports your immune system, because your immune system doesn't need extra stress right now. So just something is missing as an element, like magnesium, and also iodine, is another key one. But magnesium is even greater in demand because you're burning it so much more. Iodine is like inside every cell, but it's just the tiniest amount. Magnesium is is a, a macro mineral. That your body loves, and so I, my recommendation for people right now, especially with all the stressors that are going on with the current world events, is to really focus in on getting yourself in a relaxed but so you can just handle the situation that's coming at you. You know, if your if your autonomic nervous system is redlining, that's not good. Right. Because then when you get stressed, you don't know where to go. So you want to be idling nicely, and then when you need some energy, it goes up, then comes back down again. That's your autonomic nervous system going from sympathetic to parasympathetic. And this Ease Magnesium is one of the greatest things. It's our most popular product. For 12 years, we've had it. Particularly the last five and a half years, we've seen major upgrades and literally hundreds of thousands of people use it now. And they use it faithfully and regularly. because of what it does for them.
2: Can anybody take this product? Or are there any contraindications?
0: Anyone from any age, there are no contraindications. And it also, your body meters how much you need through your skin. You can't overdose. And we recommend people to start with 30 sprays in the morning and 30 sprays at night. That way the bottle lasts for one month.
3: Mm-hmm. And that
0: will get their their cells in a, in a nice maintenance. They can amp it up quite a bit more than that if they want. You know, just if they feel stress, put it down. You know, and if they notice things are strange in their system, add more. And you make sure you do it after you have a bath or a shower because otherwise you don't want You want to let it get in your system. It just takes a few minutes to get in.
2: Okay. So you mentioned about sort of being in a state of ease, for lack of a better word, so that you can sort of take what the world is throwing at you. So it's important to have that strong mindset and stress management. So what do you recommend in that regard?
0: Well, what I would recommend everyone to do is to take account mathematically where they are at. Everyone should be doing their due diligence themselves, not listening to what everyone else is saying, because what everyone else is saying is like mass hysteria can be, it can affect you. What people, other people think about something in their opinion can affect you and how you think. So rather than going with your opinion or someone else's opinion, do the math. So I'll give you an example. Yeah. There's 137,000 people who die every single day on this earth for the last 40 years. It's kind of hit about 137,000 people a day, about a million people a week who naturally die. They they die either from disease, from old age, from accidents. Like, there's 8,300 people a day die from accidents. There's around eight to 9,000 people a day who die from the flu. There's, you know, 10,000 who die from heart attacks. This is on a daily, day-to-day basis. You know, 3,000 children die of malaria every day. These are hardcore statistical numbers that nobody ever talks about. I don't know why they don't talk about it, but it's real. You can find it online. You can see the population charts and what's going on. There's around... 15,000 people born an hour, and around 5,700 people dying per hour. So that works out to that number, 137,000 a day. So just think about math. Just do your own math. And then then you decide how stressed you want to get about something or not. Because we've had many, many things come that just blew over, and then they never get talked about again. So people can get a mindset around their little micro-universe. Another question I'll ask people. How many people do you know personally that you can give the name of right now who have died that you know in your lifetime from the time you were born until today? Now, with me, I was, around, I was in a high-risk industry in the oil field, so I know around 20 people total who actually died, who I knew, whether it was family members or colleagues or people I worked with or friends. It's a very small number, 20 people. When you think that it's 137,000 people dying per day, I can't relate to that number. I have no comprehension of that number.
2: Which number troubles you, the 130, 137,000
0: a day? No, it nothing troubles me. My mind doesn't comprehend that because I have only known 20 people who actually died in my whole lifetime. Yeah. And I have this. So the point is, I live in this tiny little microscopic universe and we all live in our own little universe.
2: Mine's tinier than our, yours, our, trust me. I'm an introvert, so I hardly know anybody. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so you know, our universes collide. Yeah. And then we, we have an effect. But So you have to do math. Everything has to come down to mathematics. Do not listen to everything you hear. Do your own math. This is what takes the stress off. Because it's just like, okay, the chances of this happening to me, i probably win the lottery four times before that's going to happen. So th- this is the odds. So people can do math. and Just do math on everything. And I'm not talking about not listening to your gut. Right. I'm just saying... You know, your gut, your heart and your head, get them together and let them work in synergy. So therefore you become a person that is informed and ask questions. Question everything. And if the answers can't aren't solid with math, if the numbers aren't adding up, it doesn't matter what every single person thinks in the world. It only matters what you think. So that's a mindset. Base your mindset on solid realities and let your thinking then govern you according to what is real and what is not real. And then you can get yourself into a proper strength position. That's a good, strong mindset.
2: I agree with the strong mindset. I would say this, you know, there are certain things that we can never know, right? I I mean, you know, there's certain scientific facts and then there's things that are sort of up in the air. And I would always err on the side of caution. That's just my default. You know, like if I don't know the answer, I don't want to do anything that's going to negatively impact anybody else, right? Like, I think we can sort of take a hold pattern, not freak out, not be overstressed, but just sort of reasonably take precautions when you don't know. That would be my addendum. I don't know if it's yours. Yeah. Okay. So, but we are living, we're living in interesting times. And I know you're of the view that a lot of our concerns are sort of made up, right? The pandemonium is internal, right? It's not external. Right. You want to elaborate on that?
0: Yes. So, yeah, because all your problems are yours and all your concerns and fears are yours. They're not someone else's. So if we let someone else put their fear on us and let them make their problems our problems, then they become our problems and our fears. I think if you know where you stand and you understand it, that there is a way to live your life and you're here to bring maximum value at all times, no matter what is going on, you're always having a terrific day not a terrible day. The two words are very closely related, terrific and terrible. Make your choice. It's up to you what kind of day you have. No matter what is happening, it's up to you. If you say, I am having a terrible day, you will have a terrible day. Right. And if I, you can say, I'm having a terrific day, you will have a terrific day. And so you, cause you can't control a lot of the outside circumstances. Some things you can, but, but you, a lot of things you can't.
2: But you can control the way you react to them, I think is what you're saying.
0: It's not how you act, it's how you react.
2: Excellent. Thank you so much for coming on the show today. It was a pleasure having you.
0: Yes, Jamie. Thank you for having me on. And hopefully everyone in the audience is enjoying themselves and getting stronger day by day.
2: Agreed. We've got to take a short break. But when we return, we'll hear all about virtual care and the myths of digital health on The Tonic. And now the group travel tidbit brought to you by EF Go Ahead Tours Canada. Experience the world like a local by traveling alongside expert guides who call your destination home. Enjoy authentic meals, immersive sightseeing, and enriching cultural activities. They'll handle all the details. Here's Kate Edge with this week's reason to travel solo, but not alone.
3: Not everyone likes to plan the details. If you're the kind of person who just likes to do, group tours are perfect for you. The events and itineraries are already planned with activities to introduce you to your destination.
2: This has been your group travel tidbit. For more information, visit goaheadtours.ca. I'd like to give a shout out to our new sponsor, Omega Alpha. This company is 100% Canadian owned.
1: This is The Tonic on Zoomer Radio.
2: Michael Green has been president and CEO of Canada Health Infoway since August of 2014. He's a strong leader and a creative strategic thinker who has an international reputation and a proven track record of transforming health care through the use of digital health. He's leveraged international research and innovation to advance the digital health agenda, create jobs, and stimulate the economic growth in Canada. Dr. Romana Apparetti is Assistant Professor in Neurology at Queen's University Department of Medicine with training in clinical epidemiology. His main areas of research are in the adoption and scaling up of virtual care solutions for specialist use in Canada in large healthcare settings. He also studies issues related to patient and provider experience, health economics of virtual care, as well as the relationship between social detriments of health and access to virtual care. Welcome to the show, everybody. Michael, let's start with the first question, and that is, what is virtual care?
3: Hi, Jamie. So virtual care is basically any interaction between a patient and a health care provider, which could be a doctor, a nurse, that doesn't involve direct contact. And examples of this could be a video visit, telemedicine, and or messaging, text messaging, or also email are also examples of virtual care.
2: And why is virtual care so important for Canadians? Are there benefits?
3: I think there are a number of benefits. Virtual care is important because it improves access to care. It can help reduce pressures on the health system, and it can also lead to better health outcomes because patients are more informed about their their care. They can see their results. They can book an appointment, for example, online. Additionally, virtual care will help reduce things like hallway medicine. It reduces the health system burden and can really get rid of unnecessary visits. When you just need to see a doctor just to get a lab test result, for example, you could do this virtually. If you have a simple question that can be answered, This can be done virtually as well and avoid blocking up the waiting rooms. And particularly where we have a crisis like the coronavirus one, it it kind of avoids unnecessary personal contact. The people who are battling things like mental health, it can offer more immediate support and help reduce the stigma that prevents people from seeking help. And also, if someone's living with a chronic disease or a complex condition and those who live in rural and remote areas, including also First Nations and indigenous people, it can really be important to them because it's very difficult to get to see healthcare professionals, maybe very long distances, there may be a few number of people who can provide care, so certainly virtual care is a very efficient method of delivering healthcare.
2: Right. And I think at the foremost of everybody's mind is, you know, would this type of technology assist in assessing and containing outbreaks of diseases like COVID-19?
3: Yes, I think it certainly can. You know, one of the things it won't replace all of the face-to-face visits. Of course not. Yeah. But when we look at uh, an issue like COVID-19, where there are a number of self-assessment tools that are available and you can just download one of these tools and it has a questionnaire, people can put their symptoms in. It'll then advise them if, they, if they're okay, if they need to go and see a doctor or if they need some form of treatment or whether they, it gives them peace of mind that they're not um, suffering from the disease. You know, a number of ministries also looking to, for systems to track the outbreak And so virtual care can provide really good data for the health system to show how the outbreak is spreading, where the hotspots are, where the health ministries need to focus their resources. And so there's a lot of tools that can be done. I think also now when people are are at home self-isolating, the mental health issues come to mind. And there are a number of services that can be provided, online counseling and so on, that can help in a tough time like this that everybody's facing.
2: Yeah, and I would think also it would be helpful if you could treat other things remotely, then the focus in the hospitals could be on the virus, right? So if everybody else isn't coming to the hospital but can be dealt with remotely, that has to be better too, right?
3: Definitely. For example, if you can use, say, a a good FaceTime app, which is a secure one designed for virtual care, You could be able to contact your doctor or a nurse practitioner using that app and have a consultation, have the ability then, if necessary, to book a lab test, to book a follow-up visit or send um, information to the patient or even a prescription. So there's a number of things you could avoid. All these unnecessary journeys and the risk of exposing more people to to an illness. And it also allows the healthcare professionals to focus on the people who are really ill and need the face-to-face communication.
2: That makes sense. Are there difficulties with virtual care?
3: Yeah, there's a number of difficulties. Um, Not everybody has access to virtual care at the moment. You know, we've asked Canadians what they want, and we found that, you know, two thirds of Canadians want to be able to communicate with their care providers through email. But up till now, only 7% have done so. 59% want to be able to communicate through a text, SMS, or an app, and a similar number, only 6% have done that. And then also 44% want to do a video visit, and so far only 4% have done that. Some of the barriers that exist is that um, doctors are paid on a fee-per-service basis and the provinces need to make fee codes so they can be paid for a virtual visit. There are also some privacy and security concerns, so you have to have the systems in place. I think the example of this kind of endemic with COVID-19 is something that may well gear the health system and accelerate the adoption of virtual care, because it's going to become a really important resource during this particular crisis.
2: I agree. Are there any misconceptions about virtual care that are preventing people from adopting
4: it?
3: Well, I think some people will say that, um, you know, say elderly people find it difficult to use virtual care. And that's something we found in our research that is not the case. Also, that uh, it could replace face-to-face visits. I think the thing is, it will certainly complement a face-to-face visit. And in many cases that we talked about, the routine um, calls, It could replace it, but there will still be a need for in-person visits, which could be necessary and crucial in many cases.
2: Dr. Apparetti, can you tell us about your experience using virtual care as a stroke neurologist?
5: Yeah, sure. Um, As a stroke neurologist, I see patients with stroke or a suspected stroke in the stroke uh, clinic. And my job is to find out if and why somebody had a stroke and do the right tests and suggest the treatment options to reduce their future risk of a stroke. The first visit is the most important in our clinic where I get to know the patients, hear their story, examine them, come up with a plan for diagnosis and treatment. The subsequent follow-up visits are usually what I describe as involving low-demand clinical activities. These include reviewing test results, checking on symptoms, and discussing treatment options. I use virtual care in the form of video conferencing for the follow-up visits. Typically, the patient is home and uh, video conferences with me using their own devices. And during this virtual care, I'm able to check on their symptoms, do some brief video examination, provide test results, and suggest uh, treatment options. And these visits typically involve a lot of conversations and discussion and explanation of what the test means.
2: What are the benefits of virtual care that you've seen firsthand in your practice?
5: So a lot of uh, advantages. Simply put, patients love it. It saves them so much trouble, energy, time, and money. We started this uh, back in 2018 and wanted to study it systematically for six months or so under a pilot project. During this pilot stage, we were able to convert 40% of our follow-up visits from an in-person visit to a video visit, reduce the wait times in the stroke clinic as we were not using the clinic space for seeing patients. And uh, we uh, we saw the patient satisfaction go through the roof during this time. Virtual care is hugely helpful to those living in remote and uh, rural areas. As you know, Kingston has a large rural catchment area with up to uh, 45% of people living in rural areas. Some of them are 2 hours drive from Kingston, one-way drive. So there is no point asking a stroke patient and their family to drive all the way for a five-minute chat with us. And as you know, around 20% Canadians live in rural areas and virtual care can be quite transformative for them. Another condition that we deal with uh, in Canada is the winter weather. And imagine the trouble that uh, it saves when uh, we can avoid a four-hour drive for a stroke patient and their families in winter. There is also a misconception that older people don't use technology, but they do. The oldest patient that we did a virtual visit in our clinic is 94 years old. Obviously, he needed some help downloading the app from the App Store on his iPad, but he was totally comfortable interacting with me on the video and had very positive feedback about the whole encounter. It's also much easier to check on what medicines they're taking and ask them to show it to me on video, which is often a huge problem when they come to uh, the clinic in person because they don't uh, bring their medicines with them. There's also a huge economic argument to adopt virtual care in Canada. Patients spend a lot of money to come to the hospitals for their appointments, and this is hard, especially on seniors who are living on limited income. Hospitals also spend a lot of money to provide outpatient healthcare according to some estimates and data available, it is close to $300 per patient per visit that the healthcare system spends. So by adopting virtual care, we can save a lot of money for Canadians and our healthcare system.
2: Okay, uh, what kind of feedback have you been receiving from uh, your patients on this?
5: So patients in general are very appreciative when we offer video visits. A minority of patients don't like it or can not do it. Some of them are not comfortable with the technology or don't have the technology. Some of them are used to seeing the doctor in person all their life and don't want to change their practice. And some of the retired people often find that uh, just coming to the doctor's uh, appointment is one way to get out of the house and uh, meet people. Having said that, majority of the patients that I see in the families are very appreciative when we offer video visits for their convenience. The technology, ease of setup, and user interface of these virtual care platforms could be improved to make it much easier for patients to do this on their own. The family or the caregivers really like the virtual care because it is so hard for many of them to take time off work, get their family member ready, drive them, and accompany them for the whole outpatient visit and then drive them back. So overall, a very positive feedback from patients and the family.
2: Fantastic. Thank you both so much for coming on the show today.
5: You're welcome. Thank you for having me. Thanks,
2: Jamie. We hope to hear from Michael Green and Dr. Apparetti again. Right now, we'll take a short break, but when we return, we'll learn how to go meatless on Mondays on the tonic. Did you know that virtual care improves access to care, reduces health care system pressures, and leads to better health outcomes? This can be especially important when faced with a public health crisis like COVID-19. Virtual care is at the heart of Access 2022, a social movement Canada Health Infoway is leading to create a new day for healthcare in Canada. One where all Canadians have access to their health information and digitally enabled tools and services to better manage their care and improve health outcomes. To learn more and join the movement, visit access2022.ca. Enjoy the energy, enjoy the detox, enjoy the great taste. Purely natural, liquid greens.
4: You're listening to The Tonic on Sumer Radio.
2: My next guest, Carolyn Tanner-Cohen, is owner and founder of Delicious Dish Cooking School in Toronto. She's been teaching cooking classes for 17 years. She has a science background which edifies her interest in health and fueling the body with foods that will optimize health. Carolyn teaches people how to meal plan, eat healthy, cook with natural whole foods, and organize their kitchen. She teaches new cooks, seasoned cooks, university students who are living on their own for the first time, nannies, housekeepers, and everyone in between. For more information about Carolyn, visit deliciousdish.ca. Welcome back to the show.
1: Hi, Jamie. Thank you.
2: So recently, I was watching a documentary on Netflix called Game Changers. Oh, yeah. And it's about highly successful athletes like Olympians and professional athletes who are completely vegan. Wow. And it's all about dispelling the myth that you can't be healthy and you can't do sort of high-end athletics yep. while not being a meat eater. Okay. And, and interestingly, the person who's behind it is Arnold Schwarzenegger. Oh, is he vegan? Uh, he's not vegan, but he's vegetarian. Oh. And-, and one of the messages he says is, look, it's not for everybody yeah uh, he's made the change and I think he had heart disease, which I think was one of the reasons he switched but leaving that aside for a moment what he says is uh, you should try even doing a meatless Monday for sure like even that will make a difference and a, and a lot of what this documentary is about is about the environment and how meat sort of contributes to the degradation of the planet yeah, so yeah of so course. why don't we why don't we discuss uh, meatless Mondays and and why it's relevant
1: yeah, absolutely. First of all, I don't know if I've ever told you this, Jamie, but I went vegan one year. Yeah. And I did it as a food experiment, really, so I could start getting new recipes. But you're not vegan now. No, but I really respect people who could actually do this and eat healthy when they do it. Because a lot of people who are vegan or vegetarian, they tend to eat a lot of pasta, and that's not necessarily good for you.
2: Well, you have to be very mercenary. Yeah. About getting your nutrients, and particularly for women, the issue is getting iron. If if you're prepared to supplement and and really be regimented and making sure you're getting all your nutrients... Vegan lifestyles is totally doable and there's all kinds of foods to help.
1: For sure. I mean, iron is one of those things that there's so many green leafy vegetables that are so rich in iron that you don't really worry about it. But uh, B12 is really important. And we we could talk about that, but definitely plant-based cooking leaves less of, or eating leaves leaves less of a footprint on our earth. Right. So that's, I want to get into plant-based eating, but also plant-based for that reason. This topic is on the forefront of every chef's plate because everybody, every chef wants to have something on their menu so that it's inclusive for any eater.
2: Yeah. I mean, but it's not just that. I, I mean, with as the demographics change, you have more people that, that just aren't eating meat as much. Absolutely. I mean, even my diet has changed. I used to have meat, you know, three, four, five times a week, and now we're probably down to one or two times oh, wow. a week. Oh, yeah. wow. Okay.
1: So I really want to talk about being meatless yeah. one day a week. Right. So we talked about meatless Mondays. Yeah. People often think of meatless Mondays as dinner. Let's talk about it as a whole day. Sure. Okay, so you could choose one day in your week that you're eating meatless and then the whole, and then the rest of the week go nuts and do your usual routine.
2: To be clear, are we talking yeah. about vegan or are we talking about vegetarian?
1: I think we should talk a little bit vegan, but also incorporating a little bit of egg or dairy. But I'd like to sort of stick to vegan, okay. actually. Have you ever seen the book VB6? No. So it's a great book. Mark Bittman, the former uh, food writer for the New York Times, wrote it, and it's called VB6, Vegan Before Six. Okay. Okay? So he his book is really cool. It talks about being vegan, and then he takes that same recipe and puts meat into it for after six. Okay. So it's an interesting concept. So one-third of your meals being vegan. Okay. So let's do one-sixth or one-seventh of your week. Right. Okay? Okay. So for me... Also, I like to do this to break routine. That's really what it's about for me because I'm such a routine kind of person. I could eat the same breakfast every single day for the next five years.
2: I tend to eat the same breakfast all the time. So So it's
1: good for me and my analness to get rid of being so routine. Rigid. Yeah, and rigid. Okay. So, you know, I'm an egg and toast girl. Okay. Every single morning, egg and toast. It's good for me. I could take it in the car and eat it when I get to work. I could eat it on the run. I could put it in a little container. I don't care if it's cold. Okay. So how do you make your usual routine breakfast vegan per se? Mm -hmm. Okay. You could do something so simple as having a bowl of oats with some chia seeds. So already you're getting lots of fiber and protein, some flax seeds on it and some fruit. But I just want to touch on the fruit for a second. I tend not to eat berries in the winter. Why? Uh, I think we need to eat for our climate And our climate doesn't grow berries in the winter, so I tend to stick to things that are a little bit more local, like apples and pears. And although berries would taste really nice, they're very expensive. They're being shipped across the world to get to us, uh, leaving a big footprint on our...
2: Yeah, I I hear what you're saying. There have been studies that have shown that when the foods are grown in the various environments where they're grown, if you can produce them cheaply enough, the travel costs sort of Balance out whether or not you are purchasing locally grown fruits and vegetables. That, being, that being said, I champion buying local and yeah. seasonal. Yeah. However, when it comes to eating fruits and vegetables, sometimes you know we, we live in the northern climate. Right. So we, unless you're prepared to eat broccoli and kale,
1: no, uh, I'm not.
2: Or or cabbage the entire yeah, winter. I am definitely not. Well, then you're gonna have yeah. to you're gonna have to figure things out for a little yeah, variety. For
1: sure. Okay, so but I do tend to feel better when I'm eating yeah, something more fair enough. F- wintery. So making a warm fruit compote. Sure. You could make it once a week, store it in a jar, and put it in your fridge. You just take apples and pears and other kinds of fruits if you want, cook them up. You really don't need much sugar. You can put a little honey and cook them with a little bit of water, and they last in your fridge all week. You can put them on your oats. So for me, breakfast on the run would be a rice cake, or a little with a little bit of almond butter, chia seeds, and flax seeds. Right. That's a great breakfast on the run. If you're able to sit, have a bowl of oats instead of your usual scrambled egg. Okay. Okay? Mm-hmm. Lunch. I really would like to talk about lentils. Yep. So lentils provide a huge amount of protein. They're really great. They're a great alternative to something like chicken on your salad. So if you're a salad person mm-hmm. and you have a salad every single day at work, fabulous. Top it with lentils instead. Or you could top it. With hummus. Mm-hmm. So store-bought or homemade, throw a big scoop of that onto your salad on the side, and it's delicious or, vegan vegetarian.
2: Or dry-roasted chickpeas. Yes. Like it for texture yes. or nuts.
1: Have you uh, ever made dry-roasted chickpeas as yeah. croutons? Yeah. So delicious.
2: Yeah. I mean, they're not conceptualized as croutons, but we yeah. use them in salads. Yes, for, for sure. For they, the, for the I mean, texture. Yes,
1: but they're really great topped on soup instead mm-hmm. of bread croutons. If you're trying to get more protein into your soup, um, you just put cooked chickpeas into the oven, 350 for half an hour. Mm -hmm. Let them cool in the oven as the oven cools, and they will last a week sitting right on your counter. Sounds good. Okay. So lentils are a fabulous, fabulous replacement for beef also. Let's say you want to make your usual bolognese sauce. Mm -hmm. Try making it with mushroom and lentils instead. So while you should be cooking your beef, you're cooking some chopped up mushrooms, whatever kind of mushrooms you like. And then you're going to throw a couple cans of lentils in there and then your tomato mixture.
2: Okay. if If we're talking lentils. Yeah. I don't love the texture of lentils, particularly green lentils, because yep. uh, they cook quickly and they can get mealy. They do. So I'm going to give you two different types yep. of lentils. They're yep. much pricier, yep. but if you're going to eat them, I would eat them. And I that's the, the Dupuis lentils. And beluga. And beluga,
1: exactly. <laughs> I knew you were going to say it. Yeah. So beluga and Dupuis are fabulous. So if you haven't seen those, listeners, the Dupuis lentils are dark, dark green. They're yeah. much smaller than a regular green lentil. They hold their shape when they're cooked. Yeah, they stay firm. Yeah. And the black belugas are Even smaller, and they also hold their shape. Both kinds of lentils do not need soaking pre-cooking. So all you do is you take a pot of boiling water, you drop your lentils in as you would pasta, so you don't need to measure your water, and they cook for 12 minutes. And they stay a little bit crispy. But they're pricey. They are pricey. So if you want to go a little bit more economical, you can replace with regular green dried lentils. Dried lentils are always better than uh, canned. But the canned lentils actually taste pretty good too Okay, if you're in a pinch.
2: Do you want to move on to snacks? or?
1: Yeah. Snacks are – generally people aren't so concerned with snacks in terms of being vegan or not vegan. Yeah, it's pretty easy. It's pretty easy. But my favorite thing to make is I take some form of nut butter. Yep. Uh, And I usually use tahini because I have a nut allergy in my house. And um, I take oats and I mix some almonds or walnuts, chopped almonds and walnuts into that mixture. And I make sure I just get a sticky mixture and I will roll it into a little power ball. So you don't need a machine. You don't need your food processor. You just need oats nut butter, and then whatever other fillers you want to put in there.
2: I think it's important if you're going to be going vegan uh, to make sure you're getting protein throughout the day. And I I guess that's why you're recommending the nuts.
1: Yes, I'm recommending the nuts. And if you can't eat nuts, you have a nut allergy, then you could put seeds in there too. So pumpkin seeds, sunflower seeds, sesame seeds. Right. Okay.
2: Okay. We have time for one more.
1: One more. Have you ever had a cauliflower steak?
2: Yes, actually I have. Oh you have? I okay.
1: Have. So okay, let's not kid ourselves. They're really not a steak. No, they're not. But it's they're lovely to do. So you take a cauliflower, you cut it through the horizon. Yeah. Okay. And you oil it up four hundred degrees on your oven, cook it until it's crispy on the outsides and lovely brown. Yep. And then when you take it out of the oven, you could drizzle it with some tahini if you want, or you can make you could put sliced um cheese on it Mm -hmm. uh, with tomato, and then you have your protein. What I like to do also is I'll put cheese, tomato on the cauliflower steak, and a handful of lentils thrown on top.
2: Fantastic. Thank you so much for
1: coming on the show today. You're very welcome.
2: We're going to hear back from you next month, but we have to take a short break. We'll be right back on The Tonic. If you're looking for premium natural products, choose New Roots Herbal. Proudly Canadian, family-owned for over 30 years. What really sets them apart is their dedication to quality. They source only the highest quality ingredients and test each one using state-of-the-art scientific instruments and procedures. You get exactly what's promised on the label. Nothing more, nothing less. Available exclusively at fine health food stores. To learn more or find a store near you, visit newrootsherbal.com. Hi, this is Jamie Bussin. I'm not only the host of the Tonic Talk Show, I'm also the publisher of Tonic Magazine. Tonic is a health and wellness magazine distributed with the Globe and Mail to home subscribers in the most affluent neighborhoods in Toronto. It's also available free on racks at over 150 locations across the GTA. For more information about Tonic Magazine, visit tonictoronto.com. Hey, if you like the Tonic Talk Show, you'll love Tonic Magazine and vice versa. Alamax Canada is the company that delivers real bioactive stabilized allison. Using only the freshest garlic from Spain, Alamax is the trusted source for a high-quality and effective allison supplement. The manufacturers of Alamax have dedicated their time to researching this fascinating plant and all of its antimicrobial and antibacterial benefits. To fight infection and stay well, take Alamax. For more information, visit Alamax.ca.
1: This is The Tonic on Zoomer
4: Radio.
2: Peter Jossling is director of the Sussex, England-based Garlic Centre. He's a trained chemist graduating from Nottingham University in England. He's had over 18 years' experience in the international health food industry, devoting his time to conducting and publishing clinical studies on a wide variety of natural products, including garlic, hypericum, ginkgo biloba, plant cellulose, vitamin C, and stabilized allison. He's written several books and peer-reviewed, edited, written, and published many scientific articles on the action of plant-based extracts on human health. Welcome back to the show. How are you?
4: Oh, I'm fine. Thank you very much indeed. Even though under the current circumstances, obviously we're concerned about what's going on around the, around the planet. And uh, people are taking the necessary precautions like washing their hands and keeping their distance. So it's a, a, a difficult time for everybody.
2: It is. But the show must go on. So when you were with us last year, we were talking about Allison And part of what we discussed uh, was its ability uh, to act as an antiviral and help with immunity so i thought it would be great to bring you back and discuss that again today so for those who who weren't able to listen to our first discussion what is allicin
4: well allicin is basically the active ingredient from fresh garlic so we know an awful lot about the chemistry of garlic and we know that the first compound that's released from fresh garlic is allicin and allicin if you like is garlic's natural defense mechanism because it has the ability to kill fungus, bacteria, virus, and parasites and insects that might come in and attack the garlic plant and bulb as it's growing.
2: Okay. And allicin has applications for humans, though, correct?
4: Oh, absolutely. I mean, in the last uh, 20 years or so, uh, we've managed to actually stabilize this allicin material. Um, It's actually very unstable, and as soon as the plant actually makes it, it's changing into lots of other sulfur compounds almost immediately. So I led the team of chemists and chemical engineers. Believe it or not, it's nearly 20 years ago now. Wow. Um, and we, yeah, we, we were able to be the first uh, group in the world to actually stabilize the Allison material. Uh, and that meant that you could then move on and make it into a powder, into a gel, into a liquid, et cetera. And therefore, you could go on and look at doing clinical research to see whether it had any uh, beneficial effects. And obviously, it does.
2: So how can allicin be used to boost immunity? I'm, I'm sure our listeners will be interested in that.
4: Well, what we've learned over the last uh, many years is that allicin is a very good antimicrobial. And we'll talk about that in a minute, I'm sure. But what we've also learned is that it's actually very good at boosting the CD4 T cell count. Uh, and Now, those cells are the killer cells that your immune system needs to produce for, for being able to repel all kinds of microbes or pathogens that are always attacking your immune system and my immune system. So we know that allison therefore, boosts an underactive immune system but what we've also learned is that it actually suppresses an overactive immune system. So if you like, the allicin is ideal at normalizing the immune response to whatever you're being challenged with. And that's a really important fact to understand because it's giving your immune system, if you like, a kind of ring of confidence. In other words, it's boosting it and making it more able to protect you from, let's say, a virus or a bacteria or a fungus or a parasite.
2: Well, that's certainly good news. And so if you're boosting an individual's ability to fight off germs, then it kind of doesn't matter what the germs are, right? You're just bolstering the health of the individual.
4: That's absolutely right, yeah. Uh, I mean, it's very important to understand that. that It's replacing all kinds of different germs because that's what your immune system is doing 24-7, 365 days of the year anyway. Right. You are always being challenged. What this is doing, if you take this stabilized allicin, is you're helping the immune system to fight a bit better. So for people like me, who are in the current high-risk groups, i.e. I have diabetes, I therefore need my immune system to be boosted a little bit more, because it's already working overtime, trying to control my diabetes and my blood sugar levels and my blood pressure levels and my cholesterol levels and all that kind of thing. So my immune system could do with a little bit of extra help and support. And that's what Stabilized Allison can definitely do for everybody, not just people like me with pre-existing conditions.
2: Okay. And as I understand it, Allison can actually kill viruses and bacteria. Is that right?
4: It does, yeah. I mean, I was the first person to do what's known as a double-blind placebo-controlled study on using uh, one particular brand of stabilized allicin, which was able to prevent and treat the common cold. So we treated 146 volunteers, and we showed that you could reduce the incidence of the common cold by more than 60%, and you could prevent a reinfection. Now, why is that important? Well, in today's modern world, we understand that coronaviruses are in the same family as cold and flu viruses. So what we're saying here is that if you boost the immune system, you have an agent in stabilized allicin that can do that, but you may also be able to help get rid of any of these infectious organisms as they come into your your, uh, body.
2: Okay. Obviously, it's still too early to know if Allison can fight the coronavirus, but is there research to support that it might be able to do that?
4: Well, as I mentioned just now, we know that the coronavirus is part of the cold and flu viral population, if you like. Now, we don't have any specific results, obviously. You know, people are much more interested in diagnosing, testing and hopefully avoiding this particular virus. But there's really no reason to suspect that it won't work but obviously we need to make sure that we can do the proper tests and show that we do get some benefit from it. So, you know, I'm not prepared to say that it will, but on the other hand, if we can get it tested, then who knows what might happen. But the important thing to take on board really is that this will boost your immune system and prevention is always better than treatment. So if you want to avoid being taken over by some kind of virus, bacteria or or fungus or or any kind of pathogen, boosting your immune system has got to be a very good thing to do. And that's exactly what this stabilized allicin extract will do for you.
2: Fantastic. All right, so that's how it works positively. Is allicin safe for seniors or children or those who are immunocompromised to take?
4: Oh, absolutely, yeah. I mean, don't forget it comes from fresh garlic. Garlic is generally regarded as safe. It's been around for thousands and thousands of years. It's certainly safe for the elderly, even if they have diabetes like me or heart disease or arthritis. Any concomitant disease, it's fine to take uh, stabilized allison. Children, yes, very young children, um, certainly over the age of, uh, let's say, seven years old, can take the full adult dose without any problem whatsoever. And even younger than that. Uh, You can still take the material, but obviously your immune system is still developing when you're very young, so you probably don't need to worry too much about that because you are being exposed. But if you need to, then even very young children can certainly take it. The immunocompromised is a very interesting group. We get some very good results in some immunocompromised patients, patients, for example, that suffer with fibromyalgia or cystic fibrosis, These kind of conditions are often compromised by bacterial infection. And we know full well that the Allison kills bacteria very, very quickly and very, very easily.
2: Good. I have time for one last question. And that is, are there any contraindications for Allison?
4: Actually, no, there aren't. I mean, obviously, we we have to say that if for some reason you're sensitive to the Allison, then you will know pretty quickly, you might get a rash, you might get an itchy face. We had one lady that got a an itch and and a rash all over her knees, but that's very, very, very rare. So generally speaking, this kind of product can be taken by pretty much anybody. We do find that in some groups of patients, they may exhibit what's known as a Herxheimer reaction. In other words, you get massive die-off of the bacterial infection or the fungal infection that's causing you symptoms, and your liver reacts by causing some side effects like headaches, and maybe sweating and nausea but if you carry on you get through that window and you get to a much better place on the other side and what we would suggest is that in in those types of people you start with a small dose and gradually build up until you can take a much larger dose to get rid of that kind of problem if you're suffering
2: fantastic thank you so much for coming on the show today peter
4: my pleasure thank you
2: thanks to all my wonderful guests Ian Clark, Michael Green, and Dr. Romana Apparetti, Carolyn Tanner Cohen, and Peter Jossling. And thank you all for listening to The Tonic. You can listen or download this episode as a podcast with full show notes, contact information for guests, and links at thetonic.ca. To find out more about the show, you can follow us at The Tonic Talk Show on Instagram or Facebook. For great articles written by amazing health and wellness writers, be sure to pick up your copy of Tonic Magazine. Tonic is available free on racks at over 200 locations across the GTA and delivered with the Globe and Mail to home subscribers in 11 choice neighbourhoods in Toronto. Or you can visit our website, tonictoronto.com. If you're interested in providing feedback or suggesting topics for the show, you can email me at jamie at tonictoronto.com. Next week on the show, we'll discuss a journey to heart health, cooking with pantry essentials, mindfulness in emergencies, and the natural treatment of arthritis. Until then, this is Jamie Boson wishing you a healthy and happy week.
0: Please consult a healthcare professional before starting any diet, exercise, supplementation, or medication program. This has been a paid announcement.